we are. Hi. We're back. Uh, episode, mini episode number seven. 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 Yeah, we did six last night. This is seven now. Oh, okay. There's going to be eight because <clears throat> apparently there are two Saturdays in National Dairy Goat Awareness Week. Oh, wow. I looked it up. It's not really a week then. It's a week and a day. Okay. Yeah. So we got a request. I didn't know what we were going to talk about tonight. But I got a request to talk more about raw milk. Okay. So we can talk more about raw milk. All right. Well, first off, I mean, seeing that I run the dairy and <coughs> and do lots of things with milk, um, mm-hmm. we are not a raw producer. We're a pasteurized producer everything that i do goes through my pasteurizer and if it leaves this farm in cheese form or in dairy form it's been pasteurized so i always put that on way up on the pedestal of like this is what i want to do with my dairy and i want to be pasteurized i want the fancy stainless steel equipment i want all the doodads and everything to know that i to have that insurance that my product is clean and safe for everyone and everything that goes out the door, I don't need to worry about it. So, but that's not to say I don't drink raw milk. Like I drink milk raw all day, every day. And (laughs) in the morning with my coffee, I squirt it right out of the teat into my coffee to throff it all up. And it's just like steamed milk and it's great and it's fantastic. And you know, I feed my kids their raw milk from mom. I don't like bring it in and heat treat it. And by you kids, know. he means goat kids. Goat kids. We don't yeah. have any. No, human I don't have kids. any human kids. But like, you know, for I guess if I had other issues with the milk, then I would have to heat it up to feed it to the kids. But I don't. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I we were heat treated. We were never raw. Yep. Uh, I mean, you've made I've some, made raw cheeses before. But those are the aged cheeses. But those are aged cheeses. They have I, to be aged more than sixty days. Sixty to be, days to be raw. If you're not going to pasteurize, and pasteurization has to be done with a certain piece of equipment. I can't. There's no in and or buts about it at all. Yep. It needs to be certain piece of equipment needs to be monitoring airspace and milk space temperature and. Yeah, that's, that's so the way it goes. So for the, raw, I've made some raw cheeses out of the vat before, and I just bring it up to temperature for what the cheese says it needs and make cheese with it. And honestly, you taste test them next to my pasteurized cheese, you won't you you won't be able to tell. I, I'm sorry, but you won't. So I mean, maybe <laughs> if if you do like an extremely hot pasteurization mm-hmm. and you do like maybe some UV light treatment you pasteurize. There's so many different ways to pasteurize things. Well, there's um, several. There's several. Yeah. Yes. So I am, I bet those different ways affect the flavor. I do a low temp pasteurization, yep. the lowest possible that's legal to be called pasteurized. And the, the legal so the legal definition of pasteurization is that every particle of milk is heated to 
Is it 145? Yeah, that's the lowest. 145 degrees. Minimum of 145 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 minutes? Yeah. 30 minutes. So in order for that to happen, the equipment for pasteurization has so like that's a that's vat pasteurization and that's like the lowest like Devin said it's the lowest temp pasteurization longest time that you yep. time frame that you can that you need to do because it's the lowest temperature because it's the lowest temperature to be so the piece of equipment that we have for our pasteurizer is a vat and it has a paddle in it to agitate the milk and then it has a lid on it and the lid has an airspace steam heater which steams the heats the air on top of the milk because if it didn't then the top of the milk would be cooler than not the top of the milk and then also has the big like the, the i mean that and that's an expensive piece of equipment but just as expensive as the piece of equipment is the Anderson chart recorder and the two thermometers, the two temperature probes, one is in the milk and one is in the airspace. So all of that, then that that chart recorder measures the temperature and records it on a chart that goes around in a circle. Um, that and, does time. And all of that is what is needed for legal pasteurization. Right. We've talked a lot about pasteurization now, not so much about... Raw milk. So, like raw milk, I don't. I think it has a lot of benefits. Um, as like, if you're going to have your own few milking goats for your home, for your homestead, um, I think drinking raw and making raw cheese is perfectly healthy and beneficial. Saying that, I don't think heat treating your milk is going to hurt anything. It no. might change the proteins a little bit, but it's not going to make the, it so the, that it's like you're killing all the really good pieces of it. Well, like, I mean, and this is not. why, that's why, like, so milk, the other methods of pasteurization, I know, I think there's high temp pasteurization yeah. and then there's ultra high temp right. pasteurization. And I don't remember what the specifics are for those, but the basic idea is high temperature pasteurization is hotter and then ultra high temperature <laughs> is even hotter but and what you give up for like the heat so the the milk is hotter but the time so quick the time that it needs to be at that temperature is shorter and then it's so rapidly why, cooled and put yeah. right into a half gallon right gallon container that's why most to- of like the really big milk production is like ultra high temp because it's faster. Yeah, just, just like flowing pipes. There's they don't no have down. right. They don't have like big vats full of milk that they're holding for a half hour. It's like it's like minutes. minutes. Like it's it's very, it's short. very short. Ultra high ultra high temp is very short. Um, but that high temperature, even for a short period of time, denatures the proteins in the milk, so it doesn't make cheese the same way. Yeah, it doesn't. So taste if the you same ever way. like bought a gallon of milk at the store and then tried to make cheese with it it's probably not going to work because the milk proteins are different it's a different animal it's a totally different thing but some some things like for example yogurt we we heat higher than pasteurization temp because it works better that way The, the texture comes out better so it's just like matters what you're doing and what like what you're trying to do um yeah like Devin said we drink raw milk regularly yeah um and it's the best in the coffee right from the goat 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's really to me, it came down to insurance and the health of the community I'm selling the cheese to. And the theory is in 60 days from raw product cheese, it's going to either be totally absolutely disgusting or it's going to be consumable and safe so they you send it out that gets tested and should come back fine mm-hmm. um you wouldn't want to test something if you know if it's going to be bad you could usually tell by that time if you want to eat it or not so there's there's things to think about for raw milk and like in vet school they really want to drill into your head that raw milk is evil um, which I'm not the kind of person that <laughs> lets things get drilled into my head very easily if mm-hmm. I don't agree with them. Um, but, uh, like there are, there are risks associated with raw milk for sure. And like being aware of those risks, I think is an important thing to think about if you're going to be drinking raw milk. Um, and, <coughs> I do like you depending where you are raw milk might not even be legal. It's largely like a state decision and raw milk is not supposed to cross state lines because it's an individual state decision like um we're you know we don't sell well we don't sell raw milk anyway but we wouldn't sell it to New Hampshire because that's it's not a a federally legal thing to do mm-hmm. to the best of my knowledge, at least last time I feel like I looked into this stuff. Um, and there are risks associated with raw milk, and it's largely to do with, like, pathogens. So raw milk can absolutely carry disease from the animal to the person, and those diseases that transfer from animals to people are called zoonotic diseases. Like, the most common commonly known ones are tuberculosis and brucellosis and like i don't know people are like oh maine is a tb free state new hampshire is a tb free state you still need like brucellosis is a tb free or you know there hasn't been a case of brucellosis for 30 years or whatever but like until there was this spring when like some dairy in Pennsylvania may, I think it was Pennsylvania. I don't know. I could be wrong. I can't remember. Um, some dairy selling raw product got a whole bunch of people sick from a strain of brucellosis. Like, and also like that milk was illegally moving across state lines. Um, so like you just, you just like, don't, don't know, like potentially people could get really sick. Um, if I recall correctly, brucellosis in humans can be something that, like, you have to deal with for your life. Like, you have to be on, like, really heavy antibiotics, and it's one of those obnoxious bacteria that, like, get into hard-to-treat places, and you can relapse and all this stuff. Like, it's not something to mess around with. Um, yeah. Uh, th- we've never had, to the best of my knowledge, um, Q fever, which is another bacterial disease, like on the eastern half of the country. Um, I think there have been some cases like on the West Coast. Um, but that's a big deal, too. That's a like that gets people sick and it's very infectious. So that's why, like, this is another thing, like you were saying, like, 
the dairy inspector isn't out to make your life difficult. They are, you know, trying to help make sure that you have a safe product. And that's just like, and that's just like the diseases that make things that that's not even environmental pathogens. So like animals are around a lot of poop, like salmonella, E. coli, um, inappropriate sanitation practices dealing with milk Mm -hmm. can absolutely. It's a big one. Like that's a risk too. Um, so for us as a business, Devin already said like insurance. Um, I think kind of good luck if you're a business and you are wanting to have your business product liability insurance cover raw milk. Good luck. Good luck. Um, <laughs> it's uh, There's not many carriers that will even touch that at this point, to the best of my knowledge. So that kind of pushes this raw milk thing into like black market type, know your neighbor, here I'm going to shuffle you some milk. And I think that's really dangerous, do you know, honestly. And then you really run a big risk and you don't understand and get until you get sick. So, uh, I mean... It's kind of like I've been thinking about this. This is. I don't know if I would squeeze somebody else's goat teat into my coffee. Truth. Okay. So. Truth. I don't care <laughs> what that, you know, I, I guess I would care after a little while if I saw their milking procedure and how they handle their animals and their, how, their way the barn was clean. And after a few months of the sea, if they were good good Have farm ever- then i'd be like okay you can i will squeeze your goat's tea right into my coffee now yeah but there's so, something i mean there's the there's like some trust mm-hmm. you know that with the raw milk that you really need to have if you're buying it from somebody. Right. And I was just, have we bought raw milk from anybody? I ever? bought raw milk from the Gilmets. Okay. Did we drink it or we made cheese with I it? I made cheese with it, but of so course. So then you pasteurized but it. But I pasteurized it. But I, honestly, I would take, you know, 16 ounce cup full of it yeah. and Use drink it for it. coffee or whatever. No, drink it to oh. see how it is. Yeah. And, Oh, yeah, like taste tests taste for, test for cheese making. Kind of like Napoleon Dynamite style. Yeah. This one tastes <clears> like <throat> the cow got into an onion. Exactly. Patch. And that's why, I mean, it did make good cheese and it was very pungent and it was very good cheese, mm-hmm. but it just, I couldn't handle the cow. The cow smell. That's the, what he was feeding his cows and what it smelled like. And, When you start making cheese for as long as I do and you have warm milk in your face all the time, you really can tell what's going on with it, and especially when it's raw and it's heating up. So I just didn't like like it, but it's Mm -hmm. fine, you know. It made great cheese, by the way, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's just... I think what you said there is about, like, I wouldn't squeeze somebody else's goat's tea like right into my coffee cup that kind of like it kind of hits the nail on the head like and it's that removal of like how we as a culture are very separated from where our food comes from 
and like all of it, you know, but especially animal products. Like where does meat come from? Where did that chicken breast come from? That was part of a chicken once upon a time. It didn't just. Where did this whipped cream in a can come from? Where right. did a stick of butter come from? But I there's mean, something the very. So. Yeah. Dairy. It comes in a plastic bottle. Um, right. It doesn't. It like. There's probably people that would like think it's gross that we squeeze the the goat tea right into our <laughs> coffee, but then they go and put cream in their coffee at the store. Like there is something like well, intimate. I, don't know. I think yeah, and it's you can't get much cleaner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's touched the air. Yeah. That's it, um, and went into my cup after I like wiped it twice and stripped it, and like you yeah. know. There's a level of intimacy, I think, with drinking raw milk. Yeah. And you have to, like, respect that Mm -hmm. and be aware of it. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's I'm sure there's people out there, you know, that say, like, there's definitely people out there that will say raw milk is evil and the devil and never safe in any way. Um and then there's people out there who will say the opposite, that pasteurized milk is evil and the devil. And then there, I mean, and then there's people who will say that milk is evil anyway. We're not even going to talk about those people. No. Um, Please, no. But, <clears throat> like, as with almost everything, like, I think the, the reality of the situation is somewhere in between. Raw milk can be done, and it can be done well, mm-hmm. but it you know it requires a certain level of education and awareness and conscientious handling to to be done well Mm -hmm. but it tastes good oh it tastes so good raw milk (laughs) is so good it really is i get there definitely is things that change when you heat Mm -hmm. it up so Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's nothing like it, and I every time I make a batch of cheese, I always the bottom of the tank. Okay, the bottom of the tank, I always will dump the sixteen ounce to a sixteen ounce container and mm-hmm. chug it and just make sure everything is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always spectacular, and you can tell after all the years of tasting milk what's what's good, what's bad. And it's usually in the raw form. You can't really tell once it's been pasteurized. I'm just looking quickly here to see if there was anything else. Um, no, there was nothing specific. It just said for us to talk more about raw milk. So I feel like we did that. If you have other specific things you'd like me to talk about about raw milk, I'm happy to do that. I don't, yeah. Um, we're going to have one more episode for National Dairy Goat Awareness Week. Pro tips. Goat pro tips. Like to... dairy goat pro tips. Yeah. Have you been thinking of some? Yes. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to hear what they are. Um, I think that's going to do it for the moment. Okay. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.